0: Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA. I am sitting on press row at Crypto.com Arena. It is 2 a.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday. Something went down in this arena tonight, and we're going to tell you all about it. And we did a special edition of the Hoop Collective. We went live on ESPN Radio. Can you believe they let that happen? It went live on ESPN Radio all the Laker fans were driving home from this exciting game where their team got hammered and they listened to the hoop collective on their way home. You can believe it. And here's how it sounded. And um, the other voice you hear besides Bon Tempson McMahon is Freddie Coleman, the great Freddie Coleman, who is one of the best folks at ESPN radio. Uh, So check this out. This is how it sounded uh, in the middle of the night last night.
1: This is a special edition of the hoop collective on ESPN radio and on the ESPN app.
2: And you know them, you love them, you can't live without them when it comes to the special edition of Hoop Collective here on ESPN Radio. Got my boys, Tim McMahon, got Tim Bontemps, Brian Windhorst, all out in Los Angeles, all celebrating the king, who is now the undisputed scoring king, the all-time leading scorer in the history of the NBA passing, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar tonight, LeBron James doing that for the Los Angeles Lakers. And Wendy, I'll start with you. It's amazing that back in 2003, we thought this young man was going to be great. Nobody, even LeBron James, could have predicted all of this leading to tonight, surpassing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the all-time leading scorer in the history of the NBA.
0: Yeah, Freddie, he was was really contented by the way this went down tonight. He had all of his – here's the thing, like, I know it's 36 points and you really couldn't guarantee it and, you know, you can't predict the shots are going to go in, but he had all of his friends and family ringing the court here, all of the people who were important to him throughout his career – were here. Um, friends from his high school days flew in. <laughs> um, they all wanted to be here for it, and so he had a mindset to do it tonight. And the way it all went down, I mean, obviously they lost, and that's not good, <laughs> um, but it kind of exemplifies the Lakers' season. And um, I'm going to bring in um, my my fellow uh, Hoop Collective uh, co-host here, uh, Tim Bontemps, who's joining us from New York. Hello, Tim. Hello, Brian. Uh, And joining us from across the street because he couldn't get into the arena uh, because he's banned from Crypto.com Arena. is banned McMahon, Tim McMahon.
3: Howdy, partners.
0: Um, So uh, I got to say, guys, this was one of my most favorite nights I've had in a while. I didn't know how to think about it. Um, There were so many celebrities here, but... Forget about that. We'll talk about that later. Um, Forget about LeBron you. Wa- <laughs> LeBron wanted this so bad, and he uh, he got it, and, you know, he got it, you know, right at the end of the third quarter, and he just, you know, to speak about tonight, he got to have his moment with his family. He got to celebrate on the court with his family. Uh, he got to celebrate on the court with his friends, with uh, some top Nike officials who all came in, um, Nico Harrison, the general manager of the Dallas Mavericks, was here uh, because the Mavericks are in town for Kyrie's first game tomorrow. He was he was here, um, was a key Nike executive for LeBron. I wished him the best of luck with his new player, Kyrie Irving, and I meant it. And, uh, <laughs> um, and uh, so it was pretty great. Um, how, did it, how did it come across on TV, Bontemps?
4: I mean, it was neat to watch uh, and see sort of the way it all shook out, right? I mean – you could tell from the moment LeBron walked in, he was wearing that all black, like, satin suit or whatever the, the, the make of it was. And he had the, um, the number the, to break the record monogrammed on his headphones. I mean, like you said, it was very clear that this yeah, was there, all there was set was The Beats up.
0: operation was uh, in effect here tonight. They, <laughs> yeah. Jimmy it Iovine. All, Jimmy yeah. Iovine. It was a bunch of billionaires sitting courtside. Jimmy <clears throat> Iovine was there, too, from Beats.
4: Yeah, no, it was all set up for him to do it. And the thing that stood out to me about tonight specifically was, you know, here in New York last week where, you know, maybe in a perfect world, LeBron would have wanted to do that here rather than dot uh, Crypto.com Arena if he hadn't got hurt earlier in the year. He got asked, you know, about the, the weight of having this record ahead of him and what it would feel like when he broke it. And he kind of downplayed it and said, ah, oh, it's going to happen at some point. It's not something I'm really – thinking that much about but then to see him actually break down on the court and really get very emotional when he's out there with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Adam Silver he's getting the ball from Kareem it, it clearly was something he had been waiting to do for a long time and clearly meant a lot to him and it was just interesting to see that all come out in that moment like that in a way that you know I'm not even sure he thought it was going to.
3: Listen, when, when LeBron was jacking up uh, skyhooks during pregame warm-ups, you knew <laughs> there was no way this record was surviving tonight. That's basically, he's coming out, nice little tribute to Kareem, and, you know, they've had their awkwardness. Uh, I was glad to see that, uh, you know, put to rest tonight. But when he's putting up those skyhooks, and, and you know what? I think he wanted to break the record on a skyhook. Oh, he absolutely before, did. He absolutely right, the possession did. before yeah, he, he, was he broke down. the record. Yeah, he Kendrick got Williams he got the was, ball in that block. He was trying to swing that. He was trying to swing that that hook. Uh, Kenner Williams took was that all way. All over
4: him. Yeah, Kenner <laughs> yeah. was all over both those possessions. He made it. He made him earn it. So he finally had to settle for that that kind of patented step back jumper. But he he, well, he, he went with it. Sure. He
3: went with a version of the Dirk one legger, which is kind of like this generation sky hook. But he definitely was trying, and it would have been you know the perfect way to do it. Um, the other thing that would have been the perfect you know, way to do was, it was, was I don't know maybe like a like victory.
0: It was kind of similar to the first basket he ever made, though, to be honest with you. I mean, it wasn't perfect, Mm. but his first basket was kind of a fadeaway. This was kind of a fadeaway. By the way, there is a total harvest of stuff happening right now at Crypto. So they have removed the rims. I mean, the memorabilia uh, Uh mining is on right now. The rims have been removed. The nets have been removed. Um, (laughs) People are scavenging in the aisles for various things. How much do you think those shoes that LeBron wore, those salmon, or uh, should I call them pink? What do you think? Salmon. We're calling pink them those shoes. salmon.
3: I like. I, chartuse, I don't know. They what they going to be go- cheap. What
0: are those going for? <laughs> what are, Not what's, cheap. what's the street <laughs> value of those right now? Yeah. And uh, I mean, uh, so anyway, uh, I feel like. You said, Bontemps, that you thought maybe it would have been interesting to happen in in the Garden. That would have been interesting, but I'm going to tell you. I wasn't sure for a year. I talked about how I wasn't sure how the L.A. fans were going to react. Mm -hmm. This building was absolutely electric tonight Um, from the opening tip. Uh, from you know the last um, end of the third quarter, even though Russ Westbrook seemed like he was determined to stretch it into the fourth, um, some of the possessions where he just didn't even look at LeBron. But um, who am I to say uh, that when he threw a pass on a breakaway that was LeBron was open by 15 feet and Russ threw it 24 feet? Um, who am I to say about that? However, the crowd totally was standing. Even even people on you know Celebrity Row on the front row were standing. The entire building was standing, both benches standing, for that whole second half of that third quarter. And, like, he did need a good three-point shooting night, and he got it. He hit some threes. That was good. I mean, you say
3: he needed it. He got it in the
4: third quarter.
0: (laughs) You know, it's
4: not like he he had to go down to the wire with this thing. Well, listen, it was a very fitting game for the Lakers' season because LeBron was incandescent, and Mm -hmm. the Lakers around him were god-awful and it even though he was awesome in the whole game it wasn't competitive and the thunder were just a flat out better basketball team from top to bottom than the lakers it's it's not even really yeah, i know it. these
0: these this these guys were next to each other in the standings it didn't really look like it and the thunder were missing one of their best uh, defenders lou doard has been out for a handful of games i don't even remember what his injury was but right, like their we, best we, we get- by the way Mark, you know Mark, Mark Dagenoth, their there, uh, the Thunder coach, started a rookie on LeBron tonight, and J Dub, Jalen Williams, um, got the walk-off interview on TNT. How about how about a mem- how about a uh, memory for him? Com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, on Yeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic in tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
2: Here in 2023 by a man at his first all-time in points, fourth all-time in assists, ninth all-time in steals, and ninth all-time in threes, he is LeBron James with Brian Windhorst, Tim Bontemps, and Tim McMahon. I'm Freddie Coleman. And, Brian, you set the scene out there in terms with the Lakers and everybody being out there, but it's truly remarkable how LeBron James is in the top ten in all those categories, and he's the only guy six eight or above that is in those categories as a four-time guy.
0: Yeah, and they honored LeBron, Freddie. They honored LeBron tonight uh, in the first quarter for re- getting into the fourth place all-time in assists. So in the same night he was honored for being top five in assists. He was honored um, for being the number one point scorer of all time. And that says a lot right there, just on the same night. But I kind of want to set the scene what it was like in here. So incredible amount of celebrities. I've been here for multiple all-star games and I've never seen the amount of celebrities here, but across all rows. And you know, Adam Silver was sitting in about the maybe the eighth row, right on the aisle, which is the traditional place for commissioners sit when he visits an arena. And in the first quarter, without without um, you know any security, he comes running down his down the aisle, goes behind press row, beh- right by all kind con- you know, Jay Z, right by Denzel Washington, right by Usher, right by Floyd Mayweather. who was wearing. I would guesstimate five hundred thousand dollars in uh, jewelry tonight, <laughs> outclassing ushers. Wendy was a keen eye, <laughs> roughly uh, outclassing Usher's. You know, about two hundred fifty thousand, right past them. Who do you think, Bontemps? You know, sitting courtside, that Adam Silver made it a priority. Didn't wait for security; just went by himself to go talk to.
4: I honestly have, have no guess? idea. No, I don't.
0: McMahon. It was. How about this? Here's a, here's a hint. It was a billionaire.
4: Uh, Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> uh,
0: how about Phil Knight? And that just sort of oh, tells you, sure. where there Phil Knight, you go. the founder, the founder of Nike. It doesn't he? Doesn't come to many events, uh, especially outside uh, Oregon. And um, so he was here tonight, and LeBron gave him a special shout out, uh, a special wave after he set the record. You know, um, it was the game stopped the game for eight minutes. Um, LeBron. He had both sons there, as I'm sure if you saw the TV feed. uh, You know, Bryce and Bronny, and then his daughter Zuri, his mother, who I think came off vacation. She had planned a vacation, and like LeBron did this so much faster than anybody thought, because like the NBA was planning on a big celebration. They're still going to do it, a big celebration Mm -hmm. at All Star. And you know we were projecting like early March, <laughs> Gloria uh, had a vacation, apparently she cut her vacation short to come here, I guess, um, but then they after the celebration, they had videos they had a video from Savannah, his wife, they had a video from all of his children, um, they had a video from President Biden um, they had uh, you know videos from. Uh, kids from his I promise school in Akron and it was happening over the successive timeouts after that. And LeBron was watching them. You know, the Lakers are in like a, a nip and tuck battle. I'm sure Darvin Ham is trying to get them to play some sort of defense because there was zero defense played by the Lakers tonight. And um, then probably one of the biggest cheers of the night was when they announced that everybody here was going to get a commemorative t-shirt from Nike, and they had somebody come out and model it, and they said you had to go to a certain exit to get it. I'm sure it was a traffic jam and a half mm-hmm. at that exit. I think they said only one exit. Um, those will be on eBay. It's probably on eBay right now. Um, but, uh, you know, the Lakers, I felt, did a really good job uh, preparing for this. And I don't know, Bontemps, how do you feel? You know, there's obvious little a, a little frostiness with him and Kareem, but and they kind of looked like they were turned away from each other a little bit, but LeBron definitely an ode to him. How would you feel that little moment went with him and Kareem?
4: It seemed really awkward. I mean, I, I yeah. thought they I thought they both, you know, obviously Kareem was, you know, ha- it seemed genuinely happy for him. But mm. as we all know, it's been pretty frosty with those guys for a while. And, you know, the, the pictures with him and Adam Silver and, K- and LeBron, Adam Silver, and Kareem, it definitely wasn't you know, the most collegial uh, (laughs) experience, I would say. And look, some of that, too, is LeBron. LeBron was super emotional, but it wasn't that warm a moment. It felt kind of forced. You
3: know, I I think that's fair. I also think, like, look, we understand there's some uh, recent history between those guys, and, you know, LeBron didn't particularly appreciate Kareem's frank uh, criticism of him regarding, you know, some some social justice issues and, like, the COVID-19 stuff, you know, things like that. I, I'm going to say this, though. Credit Kareem for for showing up and for kind of, you know, paying uh, tribute. And, you know, I think LeBron did try, like I said, with the Skyhook stuff in the pregame. Like, he tried to, you know, give a, a tip of the cap. You know, does that mean that they're going to – uh you know go hang out on a yacht this summer no but they tried
0: yeah for sure yeah, i don't really
3: was, agree with
4: that
0: there was like sort of an order of like if you got a hug or an embrace from lebron in the in the stoppage it was like uh an honor mm-hmm. so you know his family Phil Knight Lynn Merritt from Nike who um is one of his most important people in his life um Maverick Carter Jay Z got a long one. Jay Z, out of all the celebrities on press row, Jay Z, who has been with LeBron and in LeBron's life since he was seventeen, eighteen years old, uh, Jay Z got special mention. Um, and Magic, he, you know, he went over and embraced mm-hmm. Magic as well. And you know, it was kind of cool in the arena as they're, you know, as the moment is being celebrated and they are showing, you know. There's a bunch of Lakers Hall of Famers in this building tonight. You know, James Worthy is here and Bob McAdoo is here. McAdoo who was one of LeBron's coaches when he won two titles with the Heat, with the Heat. And you know, um Lamar Odom is here and um you know, just as they sort of going around and showing um All some men. of the great Lakers who've been around, um uh it was kind of a it was kind of a cool thing. And so I I do, I do think there was a lot of thought put into it and but it was weird because the Lakers were getting smoked by the yes. Thunder in this game. And it's sort of the microcosm of their, of their season, right? That they're getting smoked, and they're, you know, they're having this big moment, and their fans are really into it, uh, and it's just all about LeBron, and, and their team is outclassed.
3: Number one on the all-time
4: scoring list, number 13 in the West standings.
0: (laughs) And getting farther back after this one, Bontemps. Yeah.
4: Well, it just really, like, you know, it really was just emblematic, mostly of LeBron's, you know, for the large majority of LeBron's tenure in Los Angeles, he's been irrelevant from an NBA standpoint. Obviously, they won the Uh, championship in the bubble. Well, no, but look, he's been, this is his fifth year there. They're on pace to not be in the playoffs in three of them, and they lost in the first round in the other year. So I'm not discounting the championship, but he spent a lot of time in Los Angeles in the wilderness from an, an NBA universe standpoint. And the fact that they're in 13th in the West losing to the thunder tonight, I think is pretty emblematic. of that.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, the Lakers have a conundrum in front of them right now. Um, I do think that there is, tr- there are trades out there that they could make, whether it's involving Russell Westbrook or Patrick Beverly, those are the two guys who would probably go out in conjunction with a, a draft pick or two. I mean, they were willing to offer both the 2027 yeah. and 2029 picks for Kyrie Irving unprotected. Now, there is not a Kyrie Irving out there, so there's not going to be that type of um, move. But the, but the issue is they have to wonder, is there a trade that truly makes a difference with where this team is? Um, and this team... You know, I don't know how you evaluate tonight because they were just a little bit out of sorts. They've been a better defensive team this year than they showed tonight. But they were compl- I mean, this is a team that they've eventually got a pass to make the play in. The Thunders' perimeter play versus the Lakers' perimeter play in this game was the disparity was shocking. I mean, not that like we didn't know this already, Bontemps, but the disparity was shocking between the play of Shea Gilders alexander who had like a cool 33, um, J- Josh Giddy, who just tore up the Lakers off the bounce. Um, he ended up with 20. Um, and I mentioned earlier J-Dub, J, uh, J- Jalen Williams, who is the J-Dub is the is the wing rookie, Jalen Williams. Um, Jay Will is the big man rookie, Jalen Williams. And by the way, the big man rookie, Jalen Williams, went for 14-7-7. For but anyway, J-Dub, Jalen Williams, out of Santa Clara, 25 points tonight, just killed the Lakers on the perimeter. So I would say, Bontemps, that you know they could make a trade that potentially could help them on the perimeter. But then they would probably have to take on salary for next year. Mm-hmm. And I'm not so sure that they shouldn't just finish eating the bleep sandwich here with Westbrook and just clear this off? Because I feel like if they make a trade that only marginally improves them, I'm not so sure it's going to make that much of a difference.
4: I mean, the problem with that scenario, like let's say they do that, right? Let's say they do that and they try to go into the summer. Well, they just use three second round picks to trade for Rui Hachimura, right? Who in theory they would like to be able to re-sign. If they try to resign him then they don't have that much, you know, maybe they got 15 or 20 million in space. If they let him go in free agency, they've just burned 3 second round picks. And if they sign one guy this summer, then they've got LeBron AD and one more guy, and then they've got a bunch of minimums again on well, the they roster. Could sign, the same- they could
0: sign I mean they could sign Kyrie. I mean, I don't know how it's going to work in Dallas, but sure, Kyrie is but a free agent this summer.
4: I mean, yes, but then they're still going to have the same problem of having a roster full of minimum players. That's been the problem since they traded for Russell Westbrook. The The formula that had this team in the NBA Finals winning a championship and had them you know, with one of the best records in the West the year after that was AD and LeBron with a bunch of depth around them. The Russell Westbrook trade sapped all that depth, and then Russ was terrible on top of it. So even if they have another good star with those two guys, you're still talking about a team that would have no perimeter athleticism, no interior size other than AD, no depth for a 30, you know, at that point, 39-year-old LeBron, AD who misses a bunch of time. If it was Kyrie, he misses a bunch of time. Like, I, I sort of think they need to make a trade now so they could try to get back in the other direction and have actual depth pieces around AD and LeBron to have – some functioning roster around those guys.
3: Well, and, and you talk about they just have minimum players. Yeah, they'd have minimum players and then maximum players who tend to miss a lot of time, which right. <laughs> exacerbates that problem. Look, they could absolutely make a trade right now, but they're five games under five hundred. Like, th- th- this ain't about, hey, make a trade to try to capitalize on the championship window with LeBron. This is about make a trade to try to get into the freaking plan. Oh, hey, maybe maybe host a playing game. Like, let's be. Well, real. that's what
0: this team is, though, McMahon. Like this, that's like if this team made the plan, it would be achieving to its roster. I feel like right.
3: This, well, that's true, but 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 it gets back to: is it worth giving up future? Your only future draft picks you can give up twenty twenty seven and twenty twenty nine probably lightly protected if you're going to make that that kind of deal, if at all, um, for a very I don't and you can say very limited upside at the same time. Like, look, say they they squeeze their way into the play and say just hypothetically they end up playing those uh, you know those Grizzlies who were who were talking all that trash for LeBron and got them all worked up last year. Healthy LeBron, healthy AD. If there's a supporting cast around them, you know, I I I don't know that it would be just a real uh, a, a real easy series to say no no chance in that. But like, are you giving up picks, future, those kind of prized future picks for a collection of quality role players? Are you are you letting Danny Ainge just squeeze 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 and he can give you Mike Conley? If you want Jordan Clarkson, you can do that. You know, Beasley, Malik Beasley, Shooter, Vanderbilt, uh, an energy guy. Is that worth two prize future picks and then your cupboard is, is dry as far as
4: draft capital to, to use in trades? Well, like I said, I, I to me it's less about the the ceiling of this year's team and it's much more about what your roster building is going to be going forward because the that's the choice the Lakers have. It's like Brian said, if they let Russell Westbrook go at the end of the year, they have this salary cap space they could try to use this summer. Or they use Russell Westbrook now to bring in players who they have rights to to then deepen the yeah, pool well, of players they have Let me give you an example
0: of that, of that type of trade. This is a hypothetical. I mean, I, I'm sure the teams have just, just have talked, but this is a hypothetical. Like if they shipped Russell Westbrook to Utah with a first-round pick, it's possible because he makes $47 million, that They might be able to bring back Mike Conley. Malik Beasley mm-hmm. and Jared Vanderbilt, right. which would be three rotation players. Um, I think in that case the the Jazz would just waive Russell Westbrook. But um, uh, I
3: can tell you that, for sure that would be true.
0: That you know, that's that's a concept of a trade that we're talking about here. So if you mm-hmm. were to add hype again hypothetically, those guys clear, would through, all
4: start for the Lakers probably if they traded them for them.
0: Well, I don't know about all of them, but probably two of the three, and um, is that a trade? Because because the one thing about the Lakers is the Russ trade came, had painted them into the corner, and the, and when you're in a hole, the last thing you the first thing you got to do is stop digging, and so they got painted into a corner. Do you believe that if they had those three guys on the roster, that they would be materially better this year? As an example, um, and able to like nimbly like oh, we can go get a star player, and so let's let's trade um, the other draft pick we have. And, you know, upgrade? Or are they just locking themselves into fighting for the play in a year from now when they could have had more options in the summer?
3: Look, basically, what you're asking is if Kyrie Irving wants to go to LA, can the Lakers still make it happen this summer if they pull off that deal? Um, never say never. I think it would be difficult. Um, you know, the Mavericks aren't going to just help out if they're not get- getting some kind of. Significant return, either a star or something they think they could use as as at least part of a ticket to a star. uh I don't. So that's that's something that they need to consider over these next thirty six hours.
4: It's just really hard to win in the NBA with no depth. And even if they get a third star, they're literally going to have no depth with an old guys. with three with three guys who at, at the end of the day, if it is Kyrie. Or some guy like that. It's three guys who are also, as McMahon said, rarely all on the court at the same time.
0: Seeing, I mean, obviously, I watch them play during the year. I know what they look like, but seeing the difference in the perimeter depth tonight, I mean, I I don't even, I I don't know what, I don't know what. I mean, it's like it's it's a big, it's a big fix. It's a big, big fix, and it's probably going to take a couple transaction cycles and. LeBron is thirty-eight. Um, Freddie, it, it's uh, you know I'm sure the Laker fans are desperate for something on <laughs> Thursday. I just don't know if they're going to get what they want. For the ones who get it done, Ranger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click ranger.com or just stop by. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seat rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP, H-O-O-P. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live.
2: It's always going to be the Kings Court Brian Windhorst, but now no Kyrie Irving with him. He's with the Dallas Mavericks. Lakers still in the world of hurt, but the Mavericks now they really believe with Kyrie Irving and Luka donches when he's healthy. They got more than a realistic chance to do something and maybe get out of Western conference and get to the NBA finals.
0: Yeah. They're getting ready to start the change over here at crypto.com arena to turn this from a Laker building into a Clipper building. And tomorrow, <laughs> uh, Kyrie will make his debut, um, with the Mavericks here. Luka is out. He will not play in that game. We have to wait a little bit longer, uh, for him to come back to, to play. Um, I, th- I wondered if Kyrie might come tonight. There were, there were a number of LeBron former teammates here. Um, might've been a little bit much of a circus if Kyrie came. Um, well, as Freddie pointed out so, just at the
4: break, there's five NBA teams in Los Angeles, uh, today.
0: Well, yeah. Um, and the, the, thunder are here and obviously the, uh, the Mavericks are here. Um, and, and the so, bucks are here for <laughs>
4: Thursday's game,
0: that's right. The, the bucks were here, are here for Thursday. And, uh, Boy, I'm glad I didn't have invested in tickets for that one because I think the market just might have crashed. That. <laughs> uh, that, that Bucks tickets. Yeah, come see Giannis. Bucks have won eight in a row.
2: Um,
0: uh, anyway, so it's going to be interesting, McMahon. Uh, you are here uh, in town to cover Kyrie's debut today. You spoke to Kyrie, and he had his first press conference, and um, he might have thought he was, you know, getting rid of his ESPN antagonizer, with Nick Friedel leaving in Brooklyn, but um, you were you asked him some tough questions today, and he had some typical Kyrie gobsmacking answers. Uh, listen, what was that I didn't, like? What did you take away from tough
3: that? questions? I'm the worldwide leader in warm and fuzzy. I don't even know what you're talking about.
0: Now listen, we're sitting there at
3: practice, and uh, this story gets uh, circulates. Kyrie deleted the apology post on Instagram, and it's just like, are you like, bro, like? You, we can't, like, this guy's not even finished his first practice with the Mavericks.
0: And so that became, and he handled, okay,
3: the main the apology thing from
0: that, the November, the November. Right,
3: from the post the anti-Semitic uh, film. And the main thing that he said that he needed to say there was, I stand by my apology. It was, you know, he took a circuitous route to it. It was like, you got a wide open layup and you go between your legs eight times behind the back and four spin moves. He does and, that though you know but yeah but he got he he got to the layup eventually so that was the only if you want to call it a tough question but you know it was interesting the, the thing that was really interesting about that press conference is you know he he started off talking about how you know he he's you know really feels uh, wanted and it it was basically a setup for him to get in some parting shots at the nets front office who he oh, says he, he got the men he he says that they, they just disrespected him during those three and a half years when he, you know, they just, I mean, uh, you know, they they weren't transparent. They they weren't honest. Uh, I mean, he, he took some pretty good jabs and really felt disrespected by a franchise that allowed him to take the occasional midseason sabbatical. And, you know, uh, how about how when he said he did a great run job, the, run the show? Oh, He left him in fourth place. He did what he did. What he he did? His oh my job. god! I left
0: him in fourth place. That <laughs> yes. was that was that was, this, an, that was amazing sup, moment. I left team, him in fourth place. This super team that
3: everybody expected to win championship, multiple championships. The man said. I left them in fourth place. You know, Basically, yeah, I, I, mean, I did I did my job.
0: Here's they what, traded here's everything to... they had in their kitty to get Harden, Kyrie, and Durant. And I, quote, I left them in fourth place. Also, did he not say, I did a great job of leading? Did he not say that yes. as well? I thought I did a great job of leading. I was selfless.
4: Look, selfless was definitely a word that was used. <laughs> McMahon, summed, McMahon summed up the Kyrie Irving experience when he began his, his soliloquy there by saying, we couldn't get through the first... Kyrie Irving practice without some sort of drama. This is Kyrie Irving. This is life with Kyrie Irving. This is the life that McMahon is now living. He's taken the baton from Nick Ferdell. And this is going to be a disaster in Dallas. It's going to end in flames, just like it did in Boston, just like it did in Cleveland, just like it did in Brooklyn. It's just a matter of how it's going to end in flames. Ironically, it's a lot like his coach, Jason Kidd, who Mm -hmm. I covered, who I like. But if you go through Jason Kidd's career, everywhere he went, it ended in flames. Kyrie's well, been the same been way. in flames in Dallas. I, I it certainly, it he delivered. certainly ended in flames when he went to the, the Knicks. And the, At, the he did, he did commit
3: to re-sign with the Mavericks and then change his mind, I believe, yes. on the golf course. Yes.
4: But he, he, <laughs> he delivered
3: them a championship. And look, Kyrie delivered Cleveland a championship. That's now, right. He hasn't done that since then. And so when Jason Kidd said... Uh, in, in Salt Lake City on Monday night, he's won everywhere that he's been. It's like, mm, not, not, not <laughs> really, not to the expectations that were set. That's one of those um, things.
0: That's one of those things that lawyers call accurate but not true. He has won <laughs> yeah. games ever he's been. That is accurate. Right. Well, so the the thing is with Kyrie. Let me see. Let me tell you what I think is a potential problem for the Mavericks. Let's say he actually. Stays on good behavior and plays well mm-hmm. for these thirty games, and the Mavericks get to the second round. Let's say, right? Uh, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, there's some people who believe. I was looking at some. Um, I think five thirty-eight. Uh, five thirty-eight. Like
4: their championship odds at seventeen percent today.
0: I mean, I think the Celtics odds are like what twenty percent. It was something like it's that. It's
4: sort of insane that they jump that high, but that's okay. where they're at.
0: So. So, maybe me, a summer, surmising they may win two rounds or one round is, is, but like, let's say, let's say, say they get back to the West Finals, whatever. Yeah,
4: say they do what they did last year.
0: Okay, fine. Let's say they do that. Now, Kyrie's going to at the end of the season, going to be like, oh, guys, it went great. I'm thinking four years. What do you guys think? So exactly. four years sounds good to me. Hey, the Lakers are out there. The Suns are out there. I might be able to get four years from them. How about four years, Dallas? Like, that's, that's really the concern that I think the Mavericks are in, and, and, and they, they could get trapped in them. I guess it's a problem they, they're looking to have at this point.
3: So but, one, you know, one Maverick source compared this little period here as a test drive for, for both sides, really. But, but here's the problem with that analogy, Okay. One, you're not getting your down payment, but you don't you don't put down a down payment to to do a test drive. They put down a big ass down payment. <laughs> Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney Smith, two starters on decent contracts, and Finney Smith's case, good contract. Unprotected 2029 pick, couple second rounders. If this thing ends up blowing up, that 2029 pick could be a prize. Now, so say the test drive goes smoothly. All right, nice ride, man. Everybody's happy, and then you continue it. You still have to make the payments for the next four years if this thing, if the, if the, if the bumper That's falls right.
0: off and, you know. Even if they uh, give him three. Let's say he gets three. Three I don't even feel great about, to be look, honest.
4: It's hard you. to feel great right. about one. It's hard to feel great about one year. I mean, let's, <laughs> there, there is this guy's a, a, been a walking disaster for years now.
3: A, an extremely talented superstar level player who, hey, if it's about basketball, you understand why, but it's about a lot more than basketball. There's a risk just in taking him with the expiring contract. They have a fallback plan. It's not ideal because he gave a lot to get him. But we've talked about the potential to have significant cap space this summer. You know, he would have bird rights, maybe sign trade, blah, blah, blah. The biggest risk, Wendy, like you're saying, is it all goes well. You put 200-some-odd million dollars on the table. He snatches it up, and then things go haywire after that point.
0: I don't mean to like assume that it's going to go bad. I mean, they...
3: I don't mean to judge a guy by 18- his track record.
0: Right, the track record they, they is that 18- going to th- be bad. Well, they went 18-3. and Durant and Kyrie went 18-3 and in December. There's no reason to believe that with Luca back healthy, that they couldn't go eighteen and three in February and March. I mean, I could see that happening, and I could see you know six weeks from now there's there there's a dance going around in Dallas, and they're like, we got him, we got him, we we got him for a for a steal. But that's the thing, you just can't trust him. You can't trust him after a week. You can't trust him after a month. You might not be able to trust him after a year, Freddie. And that. Adventure, and I promise you, it'll be an adventure. Starts tomorrow for the Mavericks.
2: It'll be entertaining. It'll be an adventure, and it'll catch a lot of attention. No matter what happens, guys, this is a blast, man. Keep it the great with the Who Collective, man. Can't wait to hear you guys all the rest of the season. Okay.
0: Okay, so that was a lot of fun. Hopefully, we can do that in the future. I have a, I'm afraid they're never going to let us do it again. But you know, we got there, and that was uh, that was cool. Earlier in the day, we also taped uh, with uh, Mark Spears from Anscape and um, Kirk Goldsberry, and we talked a little bit about Cam Thomas, who had had two straight 40-point games at that time from the Nets, the replacement for Kyrie Irving, and had another 40-point game on Tuesday night. So here's what we discussed uh, about Cam Thomas. Okay, so um, let's talk about what's going on in the league here presently. Kirk, how about Cam Thomas? We're not going to talk to Spears about Cam Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kyrie gets traded. Cam Thomas, who is a fascinating player out of LSU, second year. Um, I spent I spent a lot of time around the Nets last year, um, especially early in the season. Um, and uh, one of the things that I discovered was um, how Durant just loved Cam Thomas because of his um, just swagger. Uh, I mean, Durant, you know, made fun of him and got on him about it, but he loved his confidence loved to swagger. And this has been a plus and a minus for cam because there are times when like he just guns away no matter what. And just, you know, all he does is score whether it comes to the detriment of the team or not, of course, f- sort of somewhat famously in net circles, at Summer League, um, he was giving interview after a game. <laughs> the interviewer asked him about his passing and, um, you know, about his coaches wanting to pass. And he, like, literally rolled his eyes on, on during the interview because he's so tired of people saying, why don't you pass the ball? And uh, um, just he, he's gone in and out of Jacques Vaughn's rotation this year. There have been whole stretches, like weeks, where he just didn't play. You know, times where he was just getting garbage time. Uh, when he did get minutes, like he would just gun away. Like there was a game at Indiana earlier this year where all of a sudden he got minutes and he played like 25 minutes and took 20 shots. Um, but <laughs> since the Kyrie trade, he has played, you know, Durant is obviously out. Um, they've played a couple of home games and he has gone for 44 and 47. The forty-seven was against the Clippers on Monday night. They lost. Um, there is no doubt about this guy's uh, potential. I, I, I don't know where he's going to go. He, he also recently has made. You know, people are joking because um, he got asked why he doesn't smile more, and he said, "Ain't bleep funny." Um, you know, and uh, let's go, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> <laughs> That's serious, and uh, so, like, there's a lot to like about this guy's persona and a lot to dislike, depending on your perspective, but um, How's your heat map looking on Cam Thomas right <laughs> now, Kirk?
5: This guy is a heat check guy. Cam Thomas. I mean, I, I have been on the record as saying like this Brooklyn Nets roster before all the chaos was like maybe the greatest group of shooters and scorers yes, ever yes. assembled. I mean, you have guys yes. like Patty Mills not getting the playing time, Joe Harris, Seth Curry, when they had Kyrie, obviously Kevin Durant. Uh, but it goes to just how deep this team is on the offensive end of the court the fact that Kevin's not playing, uh, the fact that Kyrie is gone, and they're getting two straight monster performances from Cam Thomas. I think he went to LSU. I think Spears, will, you know that. But it also, let me just give some shine. You know, the, the the Nets front office is catching some heat because of trying to put the Super Team together, but they've drafted pretty well. And along with this pick is another, one of my favorite other sort of late first Picks of the last few years emerged great this year. Nick Claxton. So I, I look yeah. at I look at SEC. I look at Cam and Claxton as just proof that this front office deserves a little bit of credit for finding very good basketball players. Brian, at the end of the first round uh, in the last, is
0: why it's too bad they traded all their picks. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough,
5: but I think look, like this is a nice too, piece man. going forward. Hey, yeah, in a post Kyrie. Nets reality, they got something here. Uh, And when somebody scores 40 points in a row, twice in a row, you don't ask many more questions. That's an NBA player. That's a rotation player, at least. How do we, how do we help this young man get to his prime?
1: So the interesting thing, let's assume Spencer Dinwiddie stays, right? Do you start Spencer Dinwiddie over him? Do you start Cam? Like, I almost think... The way I I, I like Spencer coming off the bench with Maverick, with Dallas. I thought he gave him a nice boost to offense off the bench. I think it's time for the Nets to go with their homegrown talent. It's time for them to give a Cam Thomas opportunity. Um, Somebody has to make up that scoring left by Kyrie. This kid gets buckets. Mm -hmm. And And I saw it back from when he was at Louisiana State University. I saw it. And I talked to him. I talked to his mom, you know, before the draft. And it was, he was crushed. He was crushed on draft night when he fell that low. They expected him to be a top 20 pick. Um, He was about 27th, maybe? Yeah. And uh, so he he was certainly crushed that night. Um, And I remember talking to him after that. And I was like, hey, man, you're going to a championship caliber team. Like, that's, how you know, you get to play with Durant. You get to play with Kyrie. I, I don't know. I, I think James was there then. Maybe not. I don't remember. Um, but... Yeah, he was there. Yeah, like, so he, he he's told me that, like, specifically, as you mentioned, Kevin Durant has really taken him under his wing, and, and Kyrie did as well. Uh, learned a lot from him. But I I just remember going to see his uh his workouts and he he worked out a lot with uh, Wagner from um well, Wagner from um the magic going into the draft and
0: uh Franz Wagner probably. Franz
1: Wagner, I'm sorry. Um yeah. just the efficiency of his workouts. He didn't waste time. He, he he's a military He wasn't kid.
0: laughing. He no. wasn't laughing.
1: No, he he, he Clearly. took his his workouts really really seriously, really efficient. Um, and, and I think that's the military in him that he's learned from his mom. Like, he shows up early. Um, he he's he, he's very professional. Uh is he Mr. Personality? Maybe not, but he was a bucket getter in college. If you look at his numbers in college, they were they were crazy for a freshman to do what he did. I don't know if anybody since Chris Jackson had done that, right? Um not many people in the nation have done that. He probably was the best freshman scorer easily in the country, and so I think it's just for him. It's just a matter of opportunity, and what um, this former LSU Tiger gets his opportunity no going forward. Uh, I, I'm just really curious to see how Coach uses him because, I mean, that's a hell of an audition. I don't, I don't know if I want to put that back on the bench.
0: He uh, by the way he averaged um twenty three points in thirty four minutes at LSU. Twenty three points in college, pretty good. Yeah, you pretty
1: know. Good. Um, like it, it would take uh, Chris Jackson to have better than that, or a Pistol Pete.
0: <laughs> at least at LSU. Um, yeah. So, the thing about the Nets. They got Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith in this trade and the first round pick they now have three picks of other teams that they can shop two from the 76ers i believe it's this year's pick and 2027 20, and now the 2029 20, pick from the mavericks that's unprotected um and they have been shopping them um but they they went ahead and completed the trade you know the trade was agreed to on sunday they didn't do the deal. They actually didn't complete the deal until late Monday. Um, And they were trying to find a third team. But one of the things that is I talked to people across the league and my phone has been ringing like crazy um, just already today because people don't care whether you're in LA, they start calling you at four in the morning. Um, The Nets. uh, I'm not sure teams really want to do business with them right now. Because there's at least some teams that are interested in seeing if they can get Durant. And why would I help the Nets do something to build around Durant when I'm just going to hold my assets for Durant? And there may be other teams that are not even interested in doing business with the Nets right now that might also hold assets at this deadline with a mind towards Durant. Not that Durant would be available by Thursday, but that Durant would be available again in the summer. And that uh, now that Kyrie has been traded, and uh, maybe the Nets' position on not trading Durant, as it was really kind of last summer, may change. Um, and that is an interesting development that has happened over the last 48 hours since the Kyrie trade spears, it, it, from people that I've talked to.
1: If, if this team, I love to hear this from both you guys is that this team stays intact uh, the way it is right now as of Tuesday morning. What do they do in the postseason, assuming everybody's healthy?
5: And they were playing some of the best basketball in the NBA a few weeks ago, period. I mean, I think they had one of the longest winning streaks in the year. Their offense, which we all expected to be good, was just killing everybody. Uh, but I think the big Jacques Vaughn impact has been on the other end of the court uh, Jacques and Claxton together <laughs> have somehow cobbled together a defense, and even a post Kyrie landscape, Spears, my opinion is that that defense is going to be the key to how far they go, and I'm pretty confident in it. I love Nick Claxton. I think Jacques Vaughn, Kevin Durant, by the way, good defensive player. Um Dodo, D- Dorian Finney-Smith, I think is going to make that defense better if he sticks around. So, Look, they have the best scorer on planet Earth. We've seen what he can do in a playoff series. As somebody game-planned against him in the playoffs, there's literally no answer. There's no answer. Yeah. There's nothing you could do. There's stuff you could do for Harden. There's stuff you can do for Biggs. But this dude can go win a series. And, and famously, he almost won that Buck series with the toe that, on the line.
1: And Kirk, like, is that your sample size, too? Perhaps is that <laughs> yeah. that Buck series?
5: Yeah, I mean, that's how good um, he was, right? Because that Bucks yeah. team was bound that's what to they win are. The that's
1: essentially kind of what they are now. Yeah. Right. Because there was no James Harden and, and Kyrie in that series.
5: The hardest thing I think they have, Spears, and then I want to hear what you guys say is, is assimilating the two new rotation pieces. You know, you don't just add a point guard in the middle of the year and expect to 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 just go smoothly. And it, it, if Dinwiddie is indeed going to be one of the leaders of this offense, and that remains to be seen. Um is this going to work? Uh, but Kevin Durant plus a decent defense, that's the equation I'm looking at. That's a contender, period. The big question is health and, and if if they can slide in these pieces to, to make some sense of a rotation.
1: And, well, I think and, people... In pe- pe- motion yeah, go ahead. Durant, like how happy is he or unhappy is he or like where is That's right, belief? Spears.
0: That's right. I, I think the yeah. there's been an attempt in the last two days by a lot of people in the league and I'm not just talking about reporters. I'm talking about like (laughs) teams agents. Where is Kevin on this? Uh, I was talking to a pretty prominent agent yesterday and they were like, trust me, I'm trying to find out, you know, this person has has Kevin's phone number and has been trying to find out from Kevin where he's at and hasn't gotten anywhere. Um, and so I, you know, Kevin is not because he's injured right now. He's not, um, required to speak. And so he doesn't have to say anything. He has his own platforms. In the past, he's issued things and podcasts on the boardroom platform. Um, you know, he doesn't have to do that, but I mean, he, it's not like, uh, he's going to play in a game and he's got to speak to the media. Um, the other thing is I'm fairly certain, you know, the Nets just had back to back home games. He hasn't been in every Nets game when, since his injury has happened, certainly on the road, but he had been, coming regularly to the home games recently. Well, he didn't come to the last two home games. So um, well, the I, Nets I thought, are operating. Go I ahead. thought I
1: saw that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Ferdel tweeted out last night that Ken had no comment
0: at the game. Oh, so he was there. Okay, maybe I got that wrong maybe then. Um, well, anyway, he hasn't had a comment. and I, And there's been quite a few people who have attempted to figure this out. Uh, and that is that, that uncertainty. I do believe at least on some levels affecting the deadline. And one of the things I think it's affecting Kirk is the Toronto Raptors. Um, we've talked about the Raptors for a couple of weeks now. Um, this is uh, one of the things that, um, oh, okay. He was, uh, I'm just looking at this Friedel tweet. I apologize, apologize, apologize. KD was there and uh, Nick tried to speak to him at the end. And he had no comment. I don't know what to make of that. You know, when a player's injured, he's not expected to speak. I don't, it's not really unusual. He would have no comment. So I appreciate Nick for trying to get it anyway. Um, Toronto Raptors are an interesting spot here. They, we talked all about the seven game road trip being, you know, pivotal for what they were going to do. Guess what? They went four and three on it. Mm-hmm. I, I, they didn't go six and one. They didn't go one and six. I, I mean, it's kind of like they're, they're still stuck in the middle as I, a lot of teams are talking to Toronto. Like this is kind of what's happening. Uh, Teams are talking to Toronto and then they're talking to each other about what Toronto was saying, because there's like, there's definitely just trade discussions happening between the Raptors and teams about their players and definitely concepts being gone back and forth. That is, I mean, that is absolutely true. I've talked to several teams who have talked to me about this, but at the same time, from what I understand, the Raptors are also, saying like, well, we haven't decided whether we're going to do this or not, or we may wait till summer. Like, they're definitely hedging. And the Nets absolutely had interest in doing business with the Raptors. Absolutely had interest in doing business with the Raptors after this trade, whether it was OG Ananobi, whether it was Pascal Siakam. And look, the Nets have, the Raptors have had interest in some Nets players in the past, including Nick Claxton, who they almost traded for last year at the deadline. So, but if you're Toronto, If Kevin Durant comes back to market in the summer, Toronto has a very compelling potential offer for him. And I'm wondering how much the Durant, and I I say wondering because I don't know, but I'm wondering how much Durant's uh, availability is affecting Toronto and how they're doing business and how Toronto is doing business is dramatically affecting the deadline right now.
5: It's got to be the biggest question in Toronto and, and where Toronto is to I me, mean, no matter how you slice up their season, Brian, they're just a mediocre basketball team. They haven't gotten to where they wanted to on either side of the ball. One of the reasons I think they're a, a big part of the the discourse as we approach the trade, the trade deadline is this roster is full of guys that played at a very high level in the playoffs just a few years ago, whether you're talking about Fred Van Fleet or Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi. We've seen these players make a difference uh, in bo- big moments, Freddie Van Fleet famously sort of guarding Steph Curry, as well as almost anybody uh, we've seen uh, in the twenty nineteen Finals. These are attractive pieces. I think that's one thing to consider. And then if you just look at that, where they are in the standings, they're in that no man's land in the NBA right now. They're right now tenth or eleventh in the Eastern Conference, five games under five hundred doesn't look like they're a contender. And, and that's where you don't want to be in that horrible sort of doldrums of the NBA standings. That's another reason why I think people think they might start making moves. Nobody wants to be there. Um, so those are two things. But ultimately, if they have a chance to get Kevin Durant in the offseason, that's going to dictate a lot of their behavior in the next few days here as we approach the trade deadline. I think that's a completely fair thing to say. I don't know if that's yeah, true, I'm, but I'm, that's what they got to be looking at.
1: You know, I'm I'm really keeping an eye on Fred VanVleet. You know, this is uh, he's basically told him that he's going to opt out, going to free agency, and you, you just don't want to lose a player for nothing. The one thing I think Masai is really good at is he has pretty you know open and honest relationships with the players. Um, <clears throat> remember, even Stanley Johnson telling me that and they cut Stanley Johnson, that they still had communication. And um, I I could see whether it's happened already or it's going to happen, like, um, and I know Pop did the same thing with DeJounte Murray, like just having a real deep conversation with Fred, kind of seeing where it is. And if you can't lose that for nothing, you can't. You can't just have him walk away. Um, I'm guessing they could do a sign and trade with him or whatever, but I, I I do think Toronto needs a little bit of a shake up, and I wonder what's on the market for Van Vliet right now. I would I wouldn't be surprised if if at minimum they move him.
0: That would make sense because he would likely not be part of a of a package for Durant. Uh, it would be very hard to figure that out. But you also may be thinking about what you trade from, you also may be thinking about a Durant trade later too, a possible yeah, Durant trade. Yeah. Later. Um, and I'd say the same thing about Phoenix, like Phoenix obviously is involved with Jay Crowder stuff. Uh They were linked to Kyrie, but uh, I don't think they ever really got seriously down the road there, But
1: but that Chris um, Paul's name coming out. Yeah, that was shocking. Certainly yeah. was interesting to me.
0: Well, Chris Paul is, I don't know if he's going to be their point guard next year, one way or another. And I, you know, I think that the sons are grappling with that. Also, Ishbia Matt Ishbia is becoming the owner. Uh, I, the, the The vote was passed. By the way, it was interesting. Twenty nine yeses and one abstention. Who was that? Um, Dan Gilbert. <laughs> because Dan Gilbert and Matt Ishbia are <laughs> mortal enemies in the business world. Wait, but the number
5: one in- state. Both they both
0: went to Michigan State. They live within like companies. They live within like ten minutes of each other, and they have the two biggest online mortgage brokerages in America. And they're both from Detroit. Both went to Michigan State. Both are on the same circles. And Come on,
1: man, that's petty.
0: Absolutely.
5: That's <laughs> welcome petty. to the NBA. I'll
0: this way: I don't think you're going to be seeing like, the Cavs. Especially, and slam, especially and sun if you business. know,
1: like, it's not going to make a difference. That's. That's a petty thing to do, man. Here's what I think about you, though. Let you know straight yeah. up.
0: I mean, he I didn't vote no. Like I guess you.
1: he just
5: abstained. I, hey, do he that didn't again, vote no. Kirk. With your heads. How'd you do? It? I mean, I think it's yeah. That's <laughs> it, it is definitely billionaire math that these oh, guys are, man. are doing. But First man, world you know, problems, man. I hadn't. I didn't know it was these that. dudes here, I, man. That's why Windor secretly wanted no. I mean, You can't have enough owners. money, right? But I would would say that gives you something to look forward to for Cavs Suns potential finals matchup down the road. I mean, these—that's a good sort of backstory right there. For for yeah, I wouldn't
0: count on the Cavs and Suns doing business anytime soon.
5: But that's Uh,
1: just petty and sad,
0: man. I don't like. Hey, listen, man. I don't think I think the Cavs. That That says a lot about
1: somebody, and I don't mean to like disparage people, but that's petty, bro.
0: It is what it is. Um, All right, I gotta get going. you guys gotta get going. More coming on uh, the trade deadline later this week. Thank you, Mr. Spears. Thank you, Mr. Goldsberry. Thank you to Jackson, our producer. We will talk to you often, I suppose, later in the week. Who knows how the week will go.
5: Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Taco Tuesday over salad?